Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. Hi, my name is Jennifer Green. I'm a professor of medicine in the Division of Endocrinology at Duke and a staff endocrinologist at the Durham VA Medical Center. And I'm going to talk today on adrenal incidentalomas, and in particular, how we may need to evaluate those conditions and manage them in hospitalized patients. Our goals for today are to understand the key issues in the evaluation of incidentally discovered adrenal masses, and we're going to prioritize the evaluation and management of adrenal lesions in the hospitalized patient. So let's start with a case. Uh, we have a 53-year-old man with hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and obesity who's admitted to the hospital for a planned resection of a recently identified suspicious renal mass. And that mass was first noted when he had an ultrasound performed as part of his workup for a recently diagnosed hepatitis C. And then a subsequent contrasted abdominal CT revealed a solid, heterogeneous, exophytic, 4-centimeter renal mass concerning for renal carcinoma. He was also incidentally found to have bilateral adrenal nodules on that study, and the surgical house officer would like to know if anything else should be done before his planned surgical intervention. Adrenal incidentalomas, which I will refer to periodically as AIs, are nodules greater than one centimeter in size that are very commonly identified in abdominal imaging performed for other reasons. And in fact, they're noted on up to about 5% of CT studies. They're also much more common with age and also in patients who are obese, hypertensive, or who have diabetes. AIs are generally unilateral, but can be bilateral as seen in our particular case. So what are the two main questions or issues when a patient is found to have an adrenal incidentaloma? So number one, is this a malignant process? And number two, is the lesion functional or hormonally active? So let's address malignancy first. Most AIs, fortunately, are not malignant. Up to about 5% are adrenal cortical carcinomas, and smaller percentages are metastases to the adrenals from other malignancies. CT or MR imaging studies can be very helpful in differentiating malignant from benign processes based upon nodule characteristics and maybe lesion size. So for example, most adrenal carcinomas are over four centimeters when they're identified. So large lesions are sometimes considered for resection, particularly in young patients, for that reason alone. However, size is a very imperfect means of determining if an adrenal mass is benign, thus the attenuation of the lesion, often described in Hounsfield units, can be useful in this respect. Adrenal adenomas often have a very high fat content and thus low attenuation on non-contrasted CT. So rounded lesions with smooth borders measuring less than 10 Hounsfield units on non-contrasted CT are consistent with the density of fat and also are considered benign adenomas. However, many adenomas don't have a high fat content and thus a contrasted CT study, or in some circumstances, MRI, uh, might be needed to better characterize the lesion. 
On contrasted CT, adenomas will have a rapid washout of contrast. That is greater than 50% washout at 10 minutes post-contrast administration. Uh, this finding is considered highly sensitive and specific for benign adenoma. Other adrenal lesions, such as pheochromocytoma or malignancy, will have more delayed contrast washout. So let's return to our case. Our patient's contrasted CT images were reviewed. He has a 1.4 centimeter left adrenal mass with Hounsfield units of 32, 85, and 30 on pre-contrast, contrast, and delayed images providing a greater than 60% washout, and also a two centimeter right adrenal mass with Houndsfield units of 33, 71, and 41 uh, on the same images, also with greater than 60% contrast washout at 10 minutes. Thus, although his non-contrasted lesion HU were greater than 10, he has rapid washout of contrast from his adrenal masses. And the radiologist has commented that the lesions are consistent with benign adenomas. Other types of adrenal lesions would have very different imaging characteristics. For example, pheochromocytomas tend to be highly vascular with increased attenuation, so usually are greater than 20 Hounsfield units on non-contrasted CT and delayed washout. They often also have cystic or hemorrhagic characteristics and can be bilateral. Adrenocortical carcinomas are often large, irregular, heterogeneous, and often calcified masses, which also have increased attenuation and delayed washout of contrast, while on the other hand, metastases to the adrenal can have similar characteristics but are often smaller in size and might be bilateral. Remember that our patient has bilateral adrenal masses. It's important to note that patients with bilateral adrenal masses may have two different processes. However, certain conditions such as metastases, congenital or macronodular adrenal hyperplasia, adenomas, infectious or infiltrative processes, hemorrhage, Cushing syndrome due to ACTH excess or FIO may present as bilateral adrenal abnormalities. So our patient's imaging characteristics are consistent with a benign process. So does that mean that our evaluation of this patient is complete? Well, not quite. So this patient should be evaluated for possible hormonal secretion by the adrenal lesions. All patients with adrenal masses should be evaluated for possible Cushing syndrome, as this is the most common hyperfunction found in incidentalomas, as well as pheochromocytomas. These represent 3% of all AIs. In addition, all hypertensive patients should also be evaluated for possible primary hyperaldosteronism. The first step, however, is the assessment for symptoms and signs of these conditions in order to determine the clinical likelihood prior to performing laboratory testing. Our patient has few complaints on assessment today. He has gained about 50 pounds over the past three years, but he attributes this to quitting smoking. He has some mild swelling in his ankles and occasional non-severe muscle cramps. He denies any changes in his skin, such as easy bruising. He does have an occasional frontal headache, but no associated diaphoresis, palpitations, chest pain, or sense of doom. He does have hypertension, but it's well treated with amlodipine, lisinopril, and thiazide. He does require a potassium supplement to maintain a normal potassium level. 
On examination, his blood pressure is 138 over 94, pulse is 67. His exam is largely unremarkable, including absence of strii, proximal muscle weakness, or other stigmata of Cushing syndrome. On laboratory evaluation, he has a sodium of 136, potassium 4.2, normal bicarb, creatinine 0.9, EGFR of 113, and a glucose of 92. His liver function tests are within normal limits. So in summary, he has nothing which obviously suggests pheochromocytoma or Cushing syndrome. However, he should at some point be assessed for both those conditions as they're not uncommon in patients with adrenal incidentaloma. He should also be evaluated for hyperaldosteronism as he has hypertension. I would note that many patients with hyperaldosteronism don't have hypokalemia, thus testing should not be dependent upon having that problem. So what testing for hormonal secretion can and should be performed in a hospitalized patient? This patient is scheduled for surgery to resect a suspected renal malignancy. Testing for primary hyperaldosteronism, which generally consists of measurement of plasma, aldosterone, and renin levels to calculate the ratio thereof, should be performed, but it's not urgently required, so that can be deferred to another time. Testing for Cushing's is recommended in all patients with incidentaloma, with overnight 1 milligram DEX suppression testing being the recommended first step, but this can be very difficult to perform in hospitalized, stressed patients as they may not suppress cortisol secretion in response to dexamethasone. Now, this patient is not acutely ill, thus the testing might not be adversely affected. However, on the other hand, it's probably not critical to assess for Cushing's now prior to his planned surgery, but it should be performed in the outpatient setting. Now, on the other hand, if the appearance of his adrenal glands on CT suggested a process such as bilateral adrenal hemorrhage or infiltration of both glands due to malignancy or infection, he might be at risk, in fact, for adrenal insufficiency. In that case, would recommend that we perform cortisone stimulation testing to ensure that he has adequate adrenal production of cortisol prior to his operation. But finally, what about pheochromocytoma? Now, this would indeed be very important to identify and treat with alpha blockade prior to any non-emergent procedure. Therefore, this should be assessed as soon as possible in our patient. Patients with low probability for pheo, such as our patient, are generally screened via 24-hour urine collection for fractionated metanephrine and catecholamines, whereas higher-risk patients are generally screened via plasma fractionated metanephrines. The plasma testing is very sensitive, but isn't particularly specific, and in fact, it can be affected by use of medicines such as acetaminophen or even the stress of the blood draw itself. However, in this case, because plasma testing could be performed rapidly, that option was chosen to prevent an, any unnecessary delay of his surgery. Fortunately for our patient, the result was normal, and he had a subsequent uneventful hospital course. Once patients with adrenal incidentaloma have been fully assessed and found to have no evidence of malignancy or obvious hormonal secretion, they will require longer-term follow-up to complete their evaluation. If the adrenal mass is benign in appearance, follow-up imaging in 6 to 12 months is recommended. Growth of more than 1 centimeter over time is considered worrisome for malignancy and might be an indication for surgical intervention. 
If the initial workup for Cushing syndrome is negative, repeat testing might be considered as the diagnosis can be difficult to make. However, the ideal interval or number of times to perform the testing is unclear and should probably correlate with clinical suspicion for the condition. I hope that this has been helpful and thank you very much for listening. Do not hesitate to consult your endocrine consult team for input in the management of similar challenging cases. You can find additional information in the ACE, A-A-C-E, slash AAES 2009 Medical Guidelines for the Management of Adrenal Incidentalomas, and there is also an excellent summary of information available on UpToDate. The views and opinions stated during this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Department of Veterans Affairs or Durham VA Hospital.